You're listening to Ed Talk with Anuj, a podcast that takes you back to school to understand how far we all have come and the future we're all headed towards. My name is Anuj and this is my attempt to explore the evolution of the Indian education system through the lens of people from various walks of life. Happy listening. The other day I googled how many photos have been taken ever like how many have been clicked ever the result blew my mind 3.5 trillion photos have been clicked since the first photograph in 1826 now of course i looked further and i realized that this was an article that was published in 2012 and that was the year when mobile phone camera tech had just started evolving the world of selfies was just beginning and all of us know where we are today so i googled ahead and turns out since 2018 the world has clicked an average of 1.3 to 1.4 trillion photos every year in 2022 alone humanity has clicked approximately 1.6 trillion photos so if you took one photo every second for instance you'd need more than 46000 years to click the number of photos humans have clicked in 2022 alone <laughs> I love this kind of trivia. But trivia apart, I love photographs. I mean, it sounds like a very simple sentence, but but I love photographs. More than video, it's photographs that fascinate me. A single moment captured in time can conjure up so many stories, so many emotions in the mind of the one looking at that photograph. And to preserve an event, incident, object or or a person for eternity and evoke a kind of emotion in the mind of the viewer is such an awe inspiring skill of my many photographer friends there's one i met just over a couple of years ago we bonded instantly over our deep passion for scuba diving and travel and he's an accomplished photographer and an incredible storyteller we share a passion for scuba diving for tech and of course it It always helps to have a photographer friend underwater to capture those moments that you can show off on social media later and get validation. <laughs> But jokes apart, he's a dear friend and someone I constantly reach out to for perspective. And I thought, why not get him on the podcast and get to know his journey a little more and share his perspective with you. So on this episode of Ed Talk with Anuj, I have a very dear friend and my dive buddy accomplished photographer scuba diver traveler bhushan bagadia hello 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 how are you thank you so much for being here it's my pleasure completely what's happening what have you just come back from you've been globe trotting um, immediately after the borders got opened up that is a part of my life if it doesn't happen then i can't live so <laughs> i just got back from ipl mm. the... so you were the official photographer for Mumbai Indians Mumbai Indians and and your photos have gone quite viral of the cricketers um on on social media been quite kickass how how is how is it how is it uh, being there now you know in that whole bio bubble and everything after all that we have gone through in the last couple of years from outside it feels very nice so mm. i know when everybody talks to me they're very like oh you're there with the team this that 
but a bubble after uh, i think 2 weeks is the same like you're you're done with the amount of time you're spending with the same people in the same areas you're not allowed to step out anywhere else not meet anyone else hmm. so your life is confined to one team room one dining area one bedroom training ground and football ground i mean the main stadium that's it that's it and basically wow. you're even if you feel like oh there we were 150 mumbai indians total people were 150 whoa including family including kids including bus drivers car drivers everybody but i think i had run out of conversations with all of them <laughs> so you can imagine <laughs> i can imagine how many how many days did you say 69 69 70. days my god and this is half the season if the whole wow. season had happened there i would have been there for longer correct 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 my god but but it's also mumbai indians i mean all of the teams had 40 odd days huh. mumbai indians is little extra so they did like a pre season camp of one month even though it was the second half of ip so you are the official photographer for the team and yeah. i mean i i mean i can get a sense of how hard it is 69 days being in that bubble you know like you said you've run out of conversation and for bhushan bagadia to run out of conversations with people is <laughs> is uh, i can't even imagine what stage that must have been at but then from the outside you know everyone says oh wow he's with the team he's clicking and he's zooming in and he's sharing space with the with these icons and these heroes oh my god such a glam job the behind the scenes is 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 beyond uh, anyone's imagination of how difficult it could be yeah i mean it's 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 a good job for sure but the thing is that it's um, if i mean this is the summary of it if there is if you take 100% of the work 90% is just routine regular stuff which i don't think i would want to show anybody it's just stuff that needs to be done for social media mm. for everyday posting and all that 10% is nice which i think is something that i would like to show in huh. that there is 5% which i'll be proud of bus so in bus. 70 days of work in all that i shot i am proud of only 5% of the work <laughs> but without that 95% that 5% doesn't exist correct so you have to do it now it's all a part of the process like i'll tell you the joke is that every time i spoke to my friends back here or other people who are shooting with me and all that Every time they ask me, so what are you doing today? I was shooting Ganesh uh, Puja. I was shooting some kids getting gifts from DHL. Huh. I was shooting uh, some team dinner. Hmm. So it's like they were like, when are you shooting the sports content? <laughs> <laughs> If you're doing all of this, every time it was all of that. But the thing is that it's necessary to have all of that because you're in a bubble. Correct. Otherwise, you know, it's like it's very functional, and then you whatever. So. Mumbai Indians did a lot of stuff like that to keep people entertained. Their team room was the best among all teams. So we had like a table tennis table, pool table, two like Formula One racing simulation cars, and like a giant screen to screen the matches. On the match days, they used to keep for the people who didn't go to the stadium, they would have popcorn and chips and all that, and a huge gym, pool access. All of that was there. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, then there was also another area where there was a drum kit and guitar and all set up like a stage. So whoever wanted to perform. So it was nice nice setup brilliant but it's but it's a job you know ha so here's here's my question how does one get there like somebody is going to look at all your photographs and your and listen to this experience they're like oh my god i wish i could do this also how do i get there <laughs> <laughs> you know but it came to me story <laughs> yes it it's a very weird story of how i got into sports photography actually start from the but beginning i'll tell you 
means i'll how i got into photography and all is a different thing i'll tell you about this because we're talking about ipl specifically mm. this so i had studied film and mm. photography was something that i always liked doing so i used to do a lot of photography but it was never like it was always like whether film will be my main line of work and photography will be like on the side because i love doing it one day i was sitting with my friends in the night huh, at some 10 30 and i get a call from some somebody and they said listen uh, can we heard we got your reference from someone and we heard you can shoot photo and video and edit photo and video and you have a laptop which you can travel with which can which is capable of doing all of this hmm. so i said yeah and they said okay there is a project for 45 days and we need someone to join immediately but uh, are you interested so i said what is the project she like no i don't know i i don't know more details we are just trying to find somebody who can do both photo video has the camera gear has the laptop capability and who can travel and who's available so i said okay and she said okay i'm going to ask someone else to call you that person called me said the same thing then they put me through someone else and that person said the same thing then last i spoke to the fourth person i spoke to was one one guy from leela from uh, mumbai his name is leela sir he is the media head hmm he told me that this is the project it's for mumbai indians and uh, it's to stay and travel with the team and i'd never done any sports photography before that so he said we're looking at profiles and all that but we need someone to join the next morning and this is in the night at some 12 o'clock wow. so i said okay and i asked but why is it like that so they had uh, some photographer who got chicken pox oh dear and so they had to send him off from the team because chicken pox can spread right correct so they sent him off and they needed someone to replace him soon because 3 days after that was sachin's birthday oh so there would be content to be made before and around yeah, that yeah. and all that so they needed yeah. someone to replace the next day so he told me have you done sports this that and i i was honest with him i said i haven't shot sports but i can do whatever and he said okay and i i i didn't have and i still don't have this is something that people should not do but I don't have a website I don't have a place where all my work can be seen and all that. Mm. But there were some few links that were there on YouTube of my work and all that. But what I did I went back home. I went through what Mumbai Indians page was like and then I sent a mail with like few of those links but then I wrote out a nice long paragraph on what I think they're doing and what I think they can do better and what how I can add to it like a, just a very very casual explanation of how, what difference would i do to it so when i send that email he called me after like some half an hour and he said uh, there are some more profiles i'm looking at there are mm. lots of people whose things have come in but be on standby i said okay then at 3 in the morning he called me and he said you are on the 8 o'clock flight so wow pack your bags and now i used to follow cricket a lot right like test cricket and all of that there are so many players who are like legends who like especially mumbai indians had like only legends in their team there was ricky ponting there was john wright there was anil kumble there was sachin tendulkar they were like there was jordi road so it was it was a great place to be in but the thing is even before i could know it i landed in kolkata because the team was in kolkata at that time went kept my bags the, met this people who had called me and they just told me some uh, the brief of the work and they said okay anyway we'll discuss more on the go right now we need to make a video where the whole team is wishing sachin so we have to catch people at different different times through the day and record a video wish and make a video hmm. so i said okay so i've landed kept my bags met them taken the camera and gone down and the next thing i'm sitting across ricky ponting in the dining area and wow. we are chatting about what wish and for me this is like not even 
right now we are at some 14 hours from when i got the call <laughs> so it's not even something wow. that i have reached mumbai indians i am sitting across these players is that and because we were making sachin's birthday video within that day i had met everybody i had mm. i had gone to kumble's room i'm sitting across kumble's room and interviewing him wow and it was it was like all of a sudden this whole thing has happened and then i'm back in my room in the night that's when i got time to come back in to finally check into my room so i'm in my room sitting down and i'm going through the footage <laughs> and then it's sinking in slowly I'm like okay this is where i am <laughs> it was so it was it was my um, god wow yeah it's partly luck but i also feel it's uh, a lot to do with the fact that i was willing to just drop everything and go i had a lot of stuff that i had to reshuffle in terms of work yeah i was always ready to say okay let's just try something new this that so it wow. happened and that actually started that's my main line of work sports photography and when so, when was this 2013 2013 so that's about 8 years ago that was the that was sachin's last year and that was the first year that mumbai indians won the cup wow so and the good luck charm <laughs> hold on to that feeling <laughs> but you know this this whole luck as you said um, that that you know you felt lucky i often encounter this when i'm doing events or i'm i'm at a show and i'm hosting an event for uh, a company and there's a star that's come in or i'm hosting an event for uh, a, a certain television network and then there's celebrities all all you know amitabh bachchan is standing there i'm getting to share the stage with him i get a lot of comments when i put up the photo on social media later i get a lot of comments saying oh my god you're so lucky you're and so lucky <laughs> i mean i understand where people are coming from but personally i have issues with that term luck especially when it comes in the context of what you pursue as a passion or your profession we don't give enough credit to the preparation we have been doing all our lives to get there to that moment in time and yeah. that's when people call it luck because you've been preparing for it all through yes you got a call uh yes you wanted to do this but you were aware of your capability of being able to handle a responsibility like that deliver be in a position to immediately pack your bags and leave and this is something that's been a preparation all your life yeah, for sure the choices you have made outside of work that seem like luck and that luck is that 5% that people see the 95% of the rest of your life that you've been preparing so yeah i've i've constantly you know thought of it thought of the word luck that way no i think it's, it's absolutely right what you're saying i mean i've also like uh, replied back at a lot of times in different situations people have said this and i've said it's uh, not luck it's my hard work but the thing is that more than hard work more than preparing more than luck i think the only thing that is there is that you should be willing to put yourself out there if you if you want to do something Correct. in whatever it is mm. you should be willing to just say that okay i'm a photographer now and i will go out and do this and then just keep doing it and be happy about doing anything that is one of the things that i know has worked in my life that i have shot everything mm. you tell me one thing in photography and i would have probably shot it from architecture to pets to babies to uh, mm. families to landscape to everything with photography the reason why i never thought it would become my work work thing is because i just loved doing it i could shoot every day it didn't matter what i was shooting hmm. i have shot friends i've shot like ngos just supporting them whatever else and i think the fact that because of that a lot of things have come into my life because i was just willing to say yeah come let's shoot that was my that was my standard line anybody said yeah come let's shoot hmm. and that i feel is the reason why the opportunity came to me more Correct. than the luck it's about Correct. putting yourself out there i believe see that's the whole thing what we keep doing 
in that 95% or rather I like the analogy of the iceberg under the surface. You know, what we see on top is very different, but there is the larger part of it under the surface. So what we keep doing in that 95% makes opportunity actually keeps coming in every day. Opportunity yeah, knocks every day. It's not like I'd say 10 din baad opportunity is going to knock or, you know, I do something. It's knocking every day. How are you maximizing it or utilizing it? So I want to take you back to the beginning of this 95%. I want to take you back to the time when you picked up a camera for the first time. And tell me about that. When you looked through that viewfinder and you said, I can tell a story from here. What was that moment? Wow, that's there's no like one moment like that, but mm. it's it's actually very uh, it's like a very organic flow that's happened with all the different things I did in my life. Mm. It's not that it was like I took a camera and knew this was it. It wasn't that. Mm. I did a lot of different things. I used to do events. I did event or event management for like ten years. Mm. In parallel to that, I used to do theater. I acted on stage, produced plays, traveled with uh, theater productions. As during that time, parallel to that, I also assisted a lot of people who were making corporate films because doing production for events and doing production for anything is quite similar in terms of putting, bringing everything together. Hmm. So I did a lot of that. In that time, I saw a lot of uh, directors working and shooting and locations and all of that. Then when all of this was happening, at the drop of a hat, I just moved to Delhi for two years to help a friend set up a production house for a photographer. During those two years, I worked with some of the biggest photographers in Delhi, saw oh. them working. And basically, I think everything somehow led to me saying, okay, I want to study. And I wanted to study film. This is after my graduation, many years after that. And so I went to study filmmaking. But it wasn't like, oh, from when I was a kid, I was like, I want to be a filmmaker. It wasn't that. It, mm. it is not like I knew what I wanted. What did you want to be as a kid? Automobile engineer. Oh, automobile engineer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I didn't study for it. Uh. So it, it it's actually this whole thing of taking a path which is just fluid and organic started back then. Huh. So throughout my school life, it used to be that I was going to be an automobile engineer. That's what I kept saying. <laughs> my sister was uh, saying that she'll be a doctor. She's huh. ended up being a doctor. Okay, she followed <laughs> this whole thing of studying this, that. But in 8th standard, so I used to play cricket in school and all that. So till my 7th grade, I used to play cricket. And I thought, okay, cricket is my life. I'll be an automobile engineer and I'll play cricket. That was sorted in my head in 7th <laughs> standard. Okay. <laughs> then 8th standard, my mom, because I had some health issues and all that time with respect to, I had some wheezing and all that. So my mom wanted me to change my school. Mm. Like enough of cricket, study. So she put me in a new school. That school... Like I only agreed to like shift, like I was in a school where I was playing cricket and it was, that was like my life. I used to play cricket. I was the opening bowler. This It was great. Mm. The only reason I agreed to shift to that school was because the prospectus of that school that came was very interesting. It had like, it, it was a international school format that one particular school chain in Bangalore was trying out. So it was a okay. new school, like okay. everybody would be new. And they had things like there is going to be photography, there's going to be horse riding, there is swimming, there is this, that. And it's not just uh, education and it's all of these other things. Mm. And you, there's a system where every day there is one class, which is a homework class. So you finish your homework in school and you don't take back anything with you. So it all seemed very nice and cool at that time. So I joined <laughs> it. The school concept was great, but because it was its first year, everything that they wanted to do, didn't start till I graduated from 10th. Oh. I finished that school. 
everything started later but the one bad thing that happened is because i was in a new school they had no like sports and all that set up so i uh. i actually i left cricket you know it just completely disappeared from my life so that's a bad thing but a good thing that happened was that we had a dance teacher who was who was very fond of me and two three other kids and we just became the dance team of the school and i never had any i mean i'm a gujju so for me garba dandya mm. was like from childhood and mm. i used to love dancing and all of that but never thought that any other form of dance would like be natural or come naturally to me but in this school so my three years in this school it just suddenly came like through this dance teacher it just became a thing that dance is something which i love to do and then like every day every year on our school annual day it, it moved like every three all the three years that i was there every year the performance was like the first year we performed they couldn't believe that a school performance could be like that wow we did a tribal dance then the next year we did another thing so basically by by the time i graduated in 10th my automobile engineering had gone into the garage and parked i didn't i, I had no idea what i was going to do after that but i loved dancing and i said okay and anyway still because the plans were in place i said okay chalo i will do science in my 11th 12th so i went to college took science and i actually joined a college which was close to home it was like a full day college but it wasn't known for anything except the teachers were nice but generally the college is not that great but what happened was that that college one week into that college they posted a notice saying uh, anyone who wants to join the dance or fashion team come to this place whatever there's a whole lot of college stuff which is there but the gist of it is i walked into that place met the people and the dance team was basically four boys and and that college had a reputation of being a really like it was like a rowdy college okay so hmm. they never used to get invited to other colleges other colleges on their posters used to write that this college is not allowed to participate oh, like that like that so it was one of those colleges okay so <laughs> but i said okay anyway let me go so i met these boys we became really close we used to so then we started practicing huh. like it was just like let's just dance every day and see teach each other some steps choreograph all that and it wasn't with any plan in life but that what started off as just like okay let's just practice practice whatever we realized we are good and mm-hmm. then we got our cultural secretary to give us a tv and a video uh, cassette player and we bought like tapes of boogie woogie and all that because that time it was vhs i'm really old yeah. like that so <laughs> we used to play that copy those steps learn them then try to improve and we we made like a brilliant choreography to participate in college fest mm. all this was over like the first 2 3 months of my cool college like uncool mm-hmm. college mm-hmm. but we're not invited anywhere we can't participate in all the big festivals Hmm. any college fest because you were blacklisted so we kept yeah this college is only blacklisted <laughs> <laughs> so, so then we said okay now what to do so then we kept trying like we whenever the college fest would be announced we would try whatever then there was one college which hmm. didn't know about our college ka rowdy status so they just said ah, okay you want to enter enter so we entered and all the colleges of bangalore are participating and you know how it is in every year there will be mm. like one college ka dance team which is winning everywhere and everybody sure. knows them and all that mm. so we've gone in nobody knows us whatever we said it's okay we'll just at least we're getting to perform whatever let's go <laughs> so we have participated and we finished and there were some other teams still part so and we had to leave we left we didn't bother ki kuch hoga nahi hoga mm. and we won first place okay the thing is that that one competition everybody started saying who is this dance team why haven't we seen them till now where are they come from why, why how come they've just come suddenly one first place and we don't know who they are right 
So then they contacted us in college and they said, your prize is there, this, that. So our cultural secretary was very happy. He said, wow, we've never participated. You've gone in one and all mm-hmm. that. But after that, we started getting called for all the competitions in all colleges and all that. My 11th and 12th went in. My 11th actually went in just participating in all the college fests and winning everywhere, either first or second. By the end, December of my 11th standard, <coughs> we got a show for a club for the New Year night. Mm. And at that time, it was a big thing because in Bangalore, there was only one dance group that was performing. Mm. So we got a show, we, we performed. We also didn't know how, we didn't have any costume, nothing. We got mm-hmm. 6,000 rupees for that show. We had to do six sequences and we were six of us. We spent that 6,000 in arranging costumes for all of us and we did the wow. show. But that just started a whole thing and we started doing shows across Bangalore, India, all that. And parallel college is going on. So obviously now automobile ka to, it's gone full down. But that led to like choreographing for people for like shows and then like getting shows, dancing and all of that. And that went into one whole different world of like events. The thing is that all of us in the dance group were just doing it because we loved it. Mm. There was no like, boss, this is our career and we have to do all this. Nothing. So we did it for fun. The two people who wanted to do this as a career are still doing it. And mm. they're very big in the dance circuit in India today. I love how this episode has begun with an introduction about you as a as a as a you know very um, renowned photographer and then your diving and then it went into IPL and then I asked you about how that moment was when you picked up the camera for the first time and looked through the viewfinder and if someone tunes in midway they will think i'm interviewing some big dancing celebrity <laughs> because last <laughs> few minutes right now we are only talking about dance this is amazing i love it go on <laughs> so. yeah but but dance is really what you know like people will never believe that i'm actually very introvertish okay i can just yeah. be on my own and i, I know that, i don't yeah. and like it's 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 dance that has actually given me the confidence to just like in a new setting also, just be there and be be normal and not take too long to get used to it and all that. And we had some great years with the dancing thing. But my dad was not happy. Ah, I was going to come to that. How was your family about this? The line was, how can a Gujarati businessman's son dance on stage for money? <laughs> that was the line. <laughs> but what had happened during those few years so now i was in my degree college like my graduation years right those three years of my degree and though i was in the other i changed the college but i was in the college team but our shows were happening so hot steppers was doing really well but because this was a conflict at home and all that i said okay i'll not do i'll not dance and i slowly reduced it the show slowly phased out and all the people that were there the circle i'm still a part of Hmm. but because of that i met lots of event managers and I started doing like while college when I used to do part-time jobs in events, mm, mm. like go and work as a runner, do something else here, all that. That led to a very big next phase in my life. So I, I have done like, when you say promotion jobs, I've done everything from giving pamphlets on the road to like telecalling people and all that. Mm. There was one time I was doing a telecalling job and the guy who was, who had got the contract was basically supposed to call everybody and check who all have a computer or more than one computer at home or hmm. office. Hmm. Right. So this was data collection. Okay, aaj data is a big time because of <laughs> Facebook and all that. Yeah. But that time there was nothing like that. Correct. So we used to call. So and I used to go. So my college used to end at whatever time, go to this guy's office, call for three hours, sit on calls, and go back. Hmm. And 
then one day he said uh, do you know anyone else who wants to do this so i said yeah my full group everybody will be ready everybody wants to make some side money so i told everybody then i got them also to come there then he said listen you stop uh, calling hmm so i said okay so then he told me why don't you just get people whatever i'm paying them i'll pay you 20% of that okay that actually started off with him on telecalling thing went into all the event companies in bangalore people all across bangalore who other colleges who used to work started calling me saying even i want part time job even i want part time job that led led to a huge thing of me actually having to start a company at that time when i was in my second year degree so i started a company called menetwork there in bangalore there were only two or three people supplying manpower for events hmm i was at the top of it i had a very simple thing mere it wasn't like i wanted to make this a business i just did it chalo hmm. time pass college when i but obviously i did it well and i put in the effort and all hmm. but money wise i had a very simple thing that i whatever i'm getting i'll give you and i'll give only 20% hmm so standard thing there were people in the market who used to like pay like only 20% and because no one had part time job they had monopoly right hmm so everybody who was working with anyone else started calling me so then mm. my network in the event circle became really big i start everybody started calling me man so i did like from road shows which had like 500 people across karnataka they wanted to like small events to like better quality promoters like who can speak and who can dress well for like i did femina miss india i did uh, mission everest so lots of big events and all that mm-hmm. the good thing that happened with this was i used to send manpa obviously and supervise it and all that but i started being and spending time at events mm-hmm. with these event companies so in those years there were lots of big companies who are big today at that time they had just started their bangalore office that led to the next big phase of my life which was all these companies didn't have a production department so they would have client servicing design and accounts and all of that their production they started outsourcing to me they all tried to hire me but i said no no i can't work in a company and all that yeah so i never got hired i never took up a job but they started outsourcing the production to me and that became a standard for some four five event companies in bangalore who had offices across india their bangalore office was small but it was a thing like unsaid contract that this is like unwritten contract that this is a production bhushan will do that's all So in I'll pause you there in in all of this was dad okay with this no the <laughs> next line my dad used to say is i don't know why you want to do this gadda majuri so why do you want to work like a donkey yeah <laughs> okay that was his next line. that that's been his line for the longest time ha <laughs> dad uh, being dad the, and events being events man like if if you tell anybody how is working in production in events it's a thankless job correct you you have to love it to do it Yes. you can't do it like say oh let's do it as a job it's a, yeah, yeah. there's no 9 to 6 concept Correct. 24 hours are less in a day if they make you work for it so <laughs> there is a lot but i loved it i loved being there loved seeing the show coming together and all of that and so that became my main line hmm. but this whole being a dancer being the on the artist side of it was sort of like also a circle that i had through which i started i i wanted to do some theater like i met some dancers who were going to do a theater workshop Mm. so i went and attended that so i attended a theater workshop and basically from here my story has a like a sort of a standard thing where i did events that's what mm. i learned mm. in my life from mm. and everything that i did became a parallel to that so my i went and did the theater workshop and met lots of people there all mm. of them who had come for the workshop were like yeah yeah we should do plays and this and that 
then i attended another workshop some people repeated in that as well so these were two different people conducting two different workshops hmm. then the ones who were common we said yeah, yeah let's do something together like that got into theater and all that and suddenly theater was like a big thing in my life hmm. i was in the theater circle in bangalore because of my event production background i started doing production for theater plays like arranging a set and building sets and it was so easy for me because events pe wo roz karte hain correct so that became like a thing where suddenly people who were doing theater and who had known didn't have this background they were like are this is so easy we just call bhushan he'll do it so that led me into deep into the theater circle in bangalore mm. then i acted and all but i realized acting is not for me <laughs> i did actually whatever but yeah. production was what i loved so then i started doing theater then there was one theater company which started doing corporate workshops using theater mm. like training workshops mm. so they said uh, come see if we can do so three of us did that and then that two years we just traveled across india for tata chemicals asian paints all and this is like i'm talking about in 2003 okay 3 mm. and 4 where it it was it was very different the whole like now if you tell me you're doing theater workshop traveling across the world it, it's still a very open like yeah, a very accepted thing. yeah yeah it's good yeah yeah you can understand what Back it then, is you don't have to explain yeah. it to and and if and to say that you are earning from it this is not of back then <laughs> so then when that started happening so my events were happening hmm. so that was my daily bread and butter which whenever i had events i would work for it or whatever and then these workshops started hmm. these workshops were the first time my dad thought i'm doing something right because the guy i was working with he was little famous Like he was a writer <laughs> playwright everybody right. in bangalore knew him and he used right. to write a column in one of the newspapers and all that and when i went to travel for these workshops uh. that was like the first like i'm still like what now i must 2003 uh, 17 years back i must have been what 23 or something hmm. and i've landed there is somebody holding a placard at the airport with my name there is a car that's come to pick us up and like we are staying in the tata guest house and all that so it became like from credibility from dad, like, oh, this is cool uh-huh. yeah so credibility became good because of all of this uh-huh. and for me it was like oh, okay i'm getting to travel that's all nothing else <laughs> so then those workshops happened for two years but that that was not something that was going to continue because doing those workshops were not something i wanted to do. i was interested in theater and all that but events became my main thing right so i started doing events across india did all sorts of events from concerts to corporate shows to everything hmm I hadn't bought a camera but generally photography was something that I liked all through in my life. Huh. So whatever I did even if it was a phone at back then also I would like shoot very nicely the phone try different things and all of that. There's one phone that I had once hmm. Sony Ericsson some one model number which hmm. was launched and then it was discontinued. Hmm. That one model and I had that model and I don't know why it was discontinued but back then it had the best camera among any phone that ever existed. Ooh. and i was like only i have it nobody has it and i instantly had it so it was like all this phone like photography things that are coming now like an amazing 2 megapixel uh, camera yeah must have been some two so phone t90i i think there was one model this one was discontinued there was nothing if it if i ever broke that phone i would not get service parts like that it was off <laughs> but it was a great camera so i used to always shoot it was never like this is something that i do but also hmm. like through my theater time So this is I'm talking about 2003 to 2005. Okay, mm, mm. through my theater time, I went to uh, I met some people who used to do corporate uh, videos, mm. 
and they wanted some production help like building a stage making a green room all these things right. so i started doing that that time i saw all these people doing corporate uh, videos and like you know like how these uh, corporate films happen where they interviews the boss is talking and hmm. or like they'll be like a talk show and all of that so these guys were producing those videos so i started helping them with production then that production led to me handling like arranging all the camera team and this and that so events chal raha hai theater is like because i like it and whatever mm. i'm doing that and then there is this that stuff this third thing so this thing started and then i met i i used to like travel with them for their uh, shoots though i was not shooting i was just doing the production mm. but that was my first closer experience of like seeing what it is to like put a film together and what the crew is like and all of that then i started sitting on the edits because i was just very excited about seeing how it is and all that so it was nice the whole experience but it was just like something i'd seen that's all mm. then i had a friend in delhi who used to do events so his bangalore events i used to handle and my delhi events he used to handle mm. there was no like budget to if there's no budget to travel down i'll handle it here as our arrangement tha he called me and this is like that moment in situation he just called me one day and he said uh, kya kar raha hai tu kal i said why what's up he's like see there is a photographer friend of mine he's been shooting for a while mm. but he doesn't like in delhi no it's very uh, either you are a big showman and so you make it big uh, uh. or you are doing but it's it's like that so he said mm. this guy knows that he's not going to become a big photographer like that but he is he is friends with all the top photographers in delhi mm. he has an idea of setting up a production house the production house was the idea was to set up a production house for photographers so we don't work with agencies we don't work with clients we don't have to do that magajmari if you as a photographer get called for a shoot you say that you will produce it and we will be your in house production that was mm. the concept of mm. the company you wanted to set up so i said yeah it sounds nice let's do then he said uh, okay come tomorrow to delhi we'll talk so i flew to delhi and i came back 2 years later oh <laughs> so i just went there uh. and i and he said okay this is what we're going to do and to sustain till this business picked up we he and me used to do events there I called up home and I said send some clothes. Parents came to visit me after six months. Dad was happy. No, I mean, what are you doing? Why are you leaving that <laughs> cor- corporate theater workshop business and you're doing this and all that? But okay, it was it was the thing is that till then what had happened also is like everything that I had done had somehow caught the eye of the media at some stage. So like when mm. I used to do when I used to dance, I had been featured as the hot steppers winning this or whatever. then when i did manpower thing it had become quite big at that time mm. and for a college student to be running a business like this it wasn't about money it was just mm. about a network mm. so then there were papers that wrote about like man at work and my company yeah, yeah, yeah. man at work and then yeah. so that some some articles came out then when i did theater we did like few plays which were like very like new and bold in bangalore so we got featured with that so he had started seeing ki ye kuch to kar raha hai aisa mm. then with vijay that guy who i did the corporate training workshops there was some uh, theater uh, like uh, what do you call we did a play on a on autism mm. so it was like to raise awareness and spread awareness about autism but we raised money for a school in that that play we traveled across india to like five cities and we performed in very prestigious places like mm. in uh, ahmedabad we performed in malika sarabhai's uh, mm. academy that's mm. a darpana academy mm. then in in delhi we had nandita das inaugurating our play and all mm. of that. and in my play the one of the actors was mahesh dattani who's a big uh, playwright and obviously big yeah 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 i worked with them so mm. so in fact mahesh and me have done a lot of work together we staged a lot of his plays 
So all of that. So basically, that was according to my dad a nice setting, and all that was a good phase. Like I, I brought my parents to the Darpana Academy. They met Malika Sarabhai. They saw me perform on stage. And dad was happy. That time he was very happy. <laughs> and the thing is that the surprising thing is that though he was unhappy with all of this and all that. I grew up watching Gujarati theater because my parents are huge uh, advocates of Gujarati theater. Right. They actually are now in like from the last from when we moved to Bangalore. We moved to Bangalore when I was born. Okay, but from whatever I remember of Bangalore, they have been part of this big group in Bangalore who bring plays down. So they used to produce plays in Bangalore, bring down mm-hmm. plays from Gujarat and Bombay, and stage it here and sell tickets and do all that. So I've grown up watching theater. They are also very big uh, fans of art and dance and theater yeah, and all that. Yeah. Only until I got into it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but this whole thing of like that Darpana Academy and uh, Nantadas and all of that happened. So it was like, okay, what he's doing might still be okay. Anyway, so then I dropped all of that overnight. Went to Delhi. Now nobody knows what I'm doing in Delhi. I'm not doing theater. I'm not doing events. I'm doing some events or other. But I'm working with some photographers. Nobody knows whatever. But two years I was there. It was nice. Delhi was a little difficult to get used to and all of that. But the only good thing that happened in Delhi was that I worked up close and personal with some of the top advertising photographers in Delhi, hmm. from hmm. Sandeep Biswas to Pradeep Das Gupta to Deepak Budhi Raja, Akash Das. All of them were very big in Delhi at that time. Hmm. This 2006. So I I did production for all of their shoots. So then that was the time that I saw. Like a closer thing of photography and like how the planning goes in, and we had to build a model database. So I, in the first two months, we got in touch with every single model who existed in Delhi and whoever was traveling to Delhi. So their portfolio. Hmm. We had now it's like all digital, right? That time every model used to come with an envelope yeah, yeah. with photos. With photos, I've which done used that. Used to have, yeah. which used to have multiple photos of the same photo, so that you can pass it on because you're not Correct. the client. Correct. You are still like an agent. So I used to have like a thick envelope of each model, and they had to be categorized. And we had like a full cupboard full of yeah, just models' yeah, portfolios. Yeah. I did that in Bombay when I was trying to be an actor. Uh, so at that time, yeah. you wouldn't WhatsApp photos because there was no WhatsApp. You would go print <laughs> out hard copies, then you would print out stickers with your name and number uh, on it and your date of birth, so they know how old you are. Stick it at the back yeah. of every photograph. And then put a bunch of photographs in, in envelopes, and then hand it to the casting coordinators or the ads of yeah yeah yeah. So interesting. So, huh, go so on. we we started collecting all of that from everybody. Then we started. We used to do very few shoots of our own. Like even the guy who was running this with was a photographer, right? But the the shoots that we were getting was still like pointless. But we worked with some really good photographers. So that was when I said, okay, this is nice. I have seen a little bit of corporate films. I have seen this photography thing, and I've like seen how they work. It seems very nice. Maybe I should learn something. The the thing that I constantly felt was that I wasn't either. I hadn't like left everything and worked in one line ever, mm. because or to specialize enough or to learn enough. Mm. I've always done little little away with little bit of theater, little bit of corporate films, little bit of events, all of that. But these two years in Delhi was the first time I said I want to learn something more in. One of this, and right. the thing that I was most inclined towards was film and photography. When did you start? At what age did you start your dancing in school? Was this class eight, class nine? Yeah, class eight. Yeah. Class eight was our tribal dance. Right. <laughs> so because you were you had a wheezing problem, and your mom changed your school, 
class 8 you went to a new school and explain, and discovered a dancing a love for dance and then how many years later did it lead you to photography oh wow 90 what was my 8th standard must have been 94 i guess 90 yeah maybe something around then and then 2007 was this time when i worked with uh, photographers in delhi right uh, at least 2007 14 years 14 years 14 years at least Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm getting because because 2007 <laughs> to 2021 having come back from IPL being the official photographer of the Mumbai Indians is again 14 years. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> your journey from being a to loving dance and just pursuing it because you loved dance to 28 years later that entire progression from dance to you know events manpower getting to know people just following what you love to now being at the pinnacle possibly of of sports photography or one of the verticals of photography uh when you look back this has not been a linear progression or has it not at all one would expect if they look at you today one would expect that bhushan bagadia picked up a camera at at the age of 8 and look uh, through the viewfinder yeah. as i frame my question and that changed his <laughs> world and then began storytelling and relentlessly pursued it like studied every single technicality there was of camera work and photography like the reason why i do this podcast is because when we look at someone we assess them or judge them or address them at the level of accomplishment or success they are at now but the idea of this podcast is to know what your journey has been what that 95% has been that has led you to the 5% that we can see today so if someone asks you how did you become a photographer and you say i love dancing it would make sense <laughs> <laughs> there are there are there are very few people who like who know this and who like asked me and heard out the whole thing and it still surprises them it still surprises me where i am now with what i started so but it makes sense right and and i know that journey i mean it's it's difficult to encapsulate all of this in in a short podcast with 14 years to loving photography and then 14 years to mumbai indians right now but tell me this that with this photography uh, that that you began and and you know i don't want to go into the technicalities of of being a photographer what draws you to storytelling what stories do you want to tell with what you shoot i mean similar questions have been asked before but i think that i have thought a lot about you know what what it really is and why i like doing what i do with photography i think the fact that i can immortalize something is nice you know like the fact that this is something that is now going to remain with you for the rest of your life this moment or this experience or whatever mm-hmm. and that is what excited me right with photography it was always that you have a nice memory for a few years down the line you will still have the memory but it will be faded in some way now you have a photograph that you can always attribute it to you can see it it can take you back in and that was what was exciting for me for my personal self not even as work that's why i like photography and that got into this whole thing of like whatever i was doing i didn't want to do anything like wherever i traveled or whatever else i always liked the fact that it was nice if i can capture something which was different not not different as a technical thing but just something which will be unique for me to remember 
which i will forget maybe because it's not something which is routine or whatever mm. it started with that but just the fact that with photography just the fact that you can immortalize the knowledge have it mm. and that memory will be as only only as faded as the photograph if it's a digital version it'll never going to fade mm. so the memory mm. can always be fresh mm. that's what i liked about photography and that that just i think the the reason why photography is something that i can do any day or like even even do it well maybe not at a level as a competitive level with people but just do it well is because i love it so much it was mm. just and i never thought that okay i have to earn from photography so let me learn it like this no it was always a thing that i saw it and i saw something i wanted to capture it i would capture it. that's it i shot everything mm. like i'm telling you i really have shot everything so it was that and i didn't get my first camera till i bought my first camera in 2000 Yeah, 2013. Before I went to Mumbai, India. that's when I bought my first camera. That is when you got in contact with, when you came in contact with some of the best advertising photographers in the business, and you loved seeing, telling those stories, and you know, being around that world. And you chose photography as what you're going to do now. You went on to study film. After yeah. that, so so I didn't I didn't choose to do photography at all. Like it was just ah. something that I liked. But I, but film and photography became like something that was going to be the next thing in my life. So I came back from Delhi, and I said I have to study film. So then I first did research on where to study film mm. because there were options with some very good schools in Pune, in Chennai. Then I said, okay, New York, let's get out of this for the first time and all that. Mm. And there's a very interesting bit which I've left out here, which is not connected to any of this. Was in 2006 when I went to Delhi. I went out of India for the first time. Mm. My sister was in London. So basically. I I I happened to go meet her, and it was a really like unplanned trip. Like last minute, that I was not going to go because I had work. This that finally I managed to pull out nine days, and I said I'm going. So I've gone now. This is the first time I'm going out of India. Sorry, first time I'm going out of India. Going alone. This that sisters want to pick me up at the airport, and I landed there. And that that trip ka story is a one hour story. So we'll I'll tell you that in person off offline. Huh, huh. But but that trip. Basically, when I came back from it, I said, "From now, every year I have to travel abroad once. So, कुछ भी हो जाए, even if it's a short trip to some place, I should travel once every year on a holiday or anything abroad." Hmm. So I decided that. What happened on now, that trip that made you decide this? Oh my God! Everything about that trip. In short, tell me, tell it, so me, tell, tell it to me. Tell, tell it to me in one photograph, not a video. Oof. It's not possible. <laughs> I have done on that trip. I have done so. I don't do anything touristy on my trips, and that, like for me, it has. It started with that trip where I didn't do anything touristy. Mm. In London, I was there for nine days. In that, I didn't go to see like the route, like normal thing. I went and saw a show, like I saw a musical, which was amazing. On my day one, like mm. randomly, one person had a ticket, and I got it, and I walked in. I said, "Okay, I'll take it." It was very random. I went to Paris, missed my train. Mm. saw a soccer victory when uh, france beat brazil in the world cup in in uh, oh. in 2006 right and i saw what happens to paris wow. as a city so i was wow. there as a soccer victory the whole of paris that night huh. turned into what even our ganesh visarjan in bombay <laughs> might not match up to it in terms of the madness and i'm not joking yeah, 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 yeah. everybody was out on the streets there were people just singing dancing this that all through the night and i was there in the middle of that completely unexpected out of the blue so that happened i went diving in a place in uk because though like the diving there is the worst it's cold 13 degrees underwater but i had no idea about what diving was 
the only reason diving happened was because my sister and me were like thinking what to do because i don't want to do anything touristy so we actually searched for offbeat things to do in london <laughs> and we found diving and it was a 12 hour drive all the way down to cornwall so we went down to cornwall in a small town did diving there and it was like cold water walking in through the shore with all your gear first time you're still learning it and you're struggling through it like it's cold means 13 degrees underwater yeah yeah so you're wearing a wet full wet suit a half wet suit gloves hoodie yeah. and then you're all your gear so when you're learning scuba diving all that feels like whatever we signed up for but there was a great experience even in that my second dive we were still practicing our skills so we had come up to the surface and we see a shark fin mm. and we were like shark shark and we were all like we were panicking and my instructor though nice nice put your head in swim towards it and <laughs> we there were two other guys from australia my sister and me and we were like pagal ho gayi hai kahan likhwai she doing this why should we should be swimming away and getting out of the boat i mean they were sure but then the shark disappeared then we came up and she's like no no it's okay it's okay and then again the shark came up closer hmm. now she made us put our heads in so we were all aise hiding behind her in a line <laughs> and this the shark comes towards us with his mouth open swims close to us and goes away and it was huge it was like a 12 foot shark or something like that but after we got out of the water she tells us oh this is a basking shark it's the biggest type of shark in the ocean but it's it only eats plankton doesn't eat even other fish nothing hmm. so we were completely safe but we didn't know that right hmm. and if you actually google what a basking shark looks like it's ugly it's like one hmm. huge hmm. whatever mouth and swims with mouth open because doesn't even have like teeth to bite into anything so the water that filters right. through it it eats the plankton out of it right so but it swims like that and it was big enough to swallow me full <laughs> that's how big it was but there was like nice experience so we saw that then because it was cornwall which is a small town we got out went showered everything met at a bar after that and they had one small local radio which is not the main radio that local radio announced our name saying kerry and her students were the first ones to see the basking shark this oh. season it's like a season like there you see yeah, the basking yeah. shark So everybody in Cornwall came to the bar to meet us wow. and we are now sitting in the Local bar as the most happening people <laughs> talking to everybody our experience and this is like I, we haven't even finished our dive certificate my second dive this is so that was nice so basically the whole trip had so many nice things and I, and it was so different from being in india right hmm. like you and all my i used to travel a lot within india but with events so it was like work travel hmm. this was completely different people and the, the only indians everywhere you went were my sister and me that's it because mm. we did off peak things we didn't do any touristy things so it was nice then that's why i decided i will do one international trip every year so 6 wow. and 7 2006 this happened 7 i couldn't travel because mm. work was there mm. came back and i said okay this is too much 8 i couldn't travel but 8 was when i had come back to bangalore from delhi and i said okay now need to figure out studying is that when i was looking for options to study i said chuck it i'll just go out of india to study and then i chose new york and i went to study film in new york and i was there for one year in new york dad was happy uh yeah as long as i was studying so he was okay that i'm studying it didn't matter what i'm going to so, keep asking you this <laughs> through the podcast <laughs> was dad happy dad i the that that uh, that curve turned a little bit <laughs> it became a little gentler it was ah. still negative but it was ah. a little little, <laughs> little softening over us but till then then it gets better but this is so while you were pursuing photography diving of course started uh and you have you have of course you know pursued it not just as as a hobby as as you know i do and so many of our friend circle and everyone does or thousands of people on the world but you 
transition to underwater photography and after hundreds of hundreds of dives i think even thousands of dives literally what you have done what is the story that keeps pulling you back underwater oh wow how can you answer that question in one line but um, like like i told you the start of the interest in photography was about immortalizing a moment the fact that i could actually go underwater and dive which is already a great experience because we don't belong in the water right so we are there mm. and and then you see it you are a diver so you know what yep. just being underwater feels like yeah so then when when i could actually capture it anything that uh, i could capture underwater looked nice so like but even even how i got into it was and like a very strange accident hmm i had in so 2006 i dived in hmm. london Hmm. then i didn't dive for 3 years i went to hmm. study film in new york hmm. finished one year of film school then came back to india started i was still continuing to do events but i was slowly phasing out events but i was doing waiting for film work to come in so i used to do like hmm. films for ngos and all that but that meant 3 years i didn't dive after i got my certification and hmm. i and i and but it was always at the back of my head that i should dive i should dive i should dive so 2010 that is 2009 to 2010 new year i said this is it i'm going i'm taking a break and i saw my friends and me went to thailand and we spent the new years and then they left and i went to kota which is mm. obviously the diving capital of the world yep. one small island in thailand yep and i went there with the plan of staying there for 10 days and doing my advanced certification and then just diving so that i was doing and kota was nice it was a small island everybody knows everybody if you're there for 4 5 days and all that all that happened i was walking one day and i saw this company called liquid media and they, they, their office was very interesting it was all glass so you could see inside there were lots of computers and they had one tv which had like underwater video footage playing and all that so i thought maybe it's a dive shop you know all dive shops have like all this but it didn't seem like a dive shop because they didn't have any diving gear so i walked in and i just spoke to them and i said what do you do and all that and they said we are a underwater film production company hmm and i just finished my film school right right back before right. that so i said it's very interesting and all that so the guy who was there alan he's a irish guy So he was very sweet. He said, "Come, sit down." When we we met and we spoke for a long time, and he showed me his gear that he shoots with. He showed me his videos that he had made over the years and all of that. And I said, "I want to learn." He said, "Come." So obviously, like Indians get only fifteen day visa, right? So I mm. said, "Okay, I'm going to come back for sure." Came back to India. Immediately applied for a three month visa to Thailand. Mm. Till that visa came, I was doing my work, whatever. The day the visa came, the next day I flew to Thailand and I worked with him for three months. Wow. and i worked with him every day where first he was first few times i think for the first one week 10 days he had a extra camera setup which i would go and i would just do whatever he's doing he would be shooting people so mm. you know how when you go like skydiving or bungee jumping there is somebody shooting you and you can pay for that video yep so he was that for underwater mm. dives like diving courses mm. so he would also document marine life and all separately but this was one of his daily projects so the dive mm. school will call and say tomorrow we have a group of four come and shoot like that so first 10 days i did that then in the three months that i was there i worked for him like i was just there shooting every day and but it was video obviously it's a, it was a uh, panasonic hd video cameras and that whole underwater yeah. setup so every day my life for those three months was be at the dive shop at 5 in the morning shoot the group that i am assigned to shoot them on the boat shoot them getting the briefing shoot them jumping out the boat shoot the dive experience all that come back by 10 o'clock put the card for copying go have a shower pick up a sandwich come back edit till evening by 4:35 finish my edit 
burn it onto a dvd because that time it was that yeah, yeah. stage burn it onto a dvd go to the dive shop all the people who you dive to will come back will put the dvd and will watch the film wow and whoever wants to buy will buy if they yeah. buy i get a commission if they don't i don't yeah or that was my thing so i did that for 3 months that is where this whole thing of the underwater world and wanting to do this and all of that happened beautiful and because i had learned film it became easy wow so now with this entire journey that you have the, the path that you have taken let me compare that to today where young content creators or kids have the best cameras in the world in their mobile phones they're creating content they're putting things out and suddenly they don't need to take that 28 year journey to reach a particular milestone or, a, or, a, or that huge milestone that you have crossed what's what's your outlook on that no well, it's very simple if uh, you you do an ad talk with them their conversation will finish in 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> no but you know i mean i'm just saying it as a joke but the truth is that the reason why i like what i do today or whatever else and whatever i've done is nothing that i've done which i'm like oh i should not have done this in my life is because i've had great experience mm. and it really is about that it's i've met some amazing people around the world i've worked on projects which were tough which were easy which were which are all worth like talking about and yeah you can like learn how to do a particular assignment or a project but the end result is really not the most important thing to like that is what people might see but for me personally it's all the experiences that i've had that is great that is the whole journey so amazing to even yeah and to like know that i mean it's just great memories that i have i might not even remember some or like suddenly some day something will trigger a memory or something which i have never spoken to anyone about but those are the things that i really like the, the experiences have been mine and mind blowing so if you look at the end result of course today like social media has changed how content is created and all that but the journey is never going to be comparable no it's mm. my own and it's great what impact did the pandemic have on on you and your work so we we in my story we still haven't gotten to sports but uh, because i shoot sports mm. so when the pandemic started actually when the pandemic started the most common reaction among all my friends and my family members and everybody was that oh at least now you were going to be in one place for more than a month was dad happy about that <laughs> yeah i mean but but the thing is that pandemic comes at a very late stage in my story by then my parents are very proud of my work and all of that right so we haven't gotten to that that, that no no tell me tell me take me back there take me back there we can go back there and come back to the pandemic so take me through that oh wow so basically so i i i used to do films right i stopped events and mm. i used to do films i this underwater thing started parallelly then when i came back after my thailand thing i went to my sister was then in australia so i spent some time there came back and then i started doing films mm. now these films also ranged like how i did everything i did all sorts of films but it just happened that so this is 2010 okay 2010 to 2013 i worked on lots of interesting projects i think we worked on some short films which got like someone someone else was directing it but i was just helping them i was one of the dops mm. all that it did well in the festival circuit and all that then i did lots of stuff for ngos and all that mm. somehow instead of me explaining to my parents the people in my family and my parents friends circle started talking to my parents about it they said oh you know he's doing this it's so nice and all that all that a lot of time my parents would come to me and say oh my friend told me that you're doing this what is this 
because we never spoke mm. about it at home but mm. they would hear about it and then I would. and then underwater thing happened in 2010 and it took me 2 years to save up and buy my first underwater housing because it's an expensive year correct correct so 2014 i think i got my underwater gear so after that it just became um like because of way for people shooting underwater and so we were just six of us who would constantly be featured in every article that came on underwater photography in india hmm and so all of that whole thing of the news and like my documentary that i made for an ngo became famous it came in the paper and all of that so then the validation happened to my parents yeah. that he's doing something right but more because everyone else was talking about like to them about how cool it is what i'm doing and you know all that all yeah. that so it was that gave them the validation of yeah. course like in all of this the one thing that i was that was a very common i mean not common but every day discussion for the longest time was me getting married hmm which never happened <laughs> and gujarati yeah, gujarati yeah. sons get married when they are 23 24 so dad was not happy about this they were not happy but they've gone through a whole cycle with that but now they are yeah, like yeah. okay i'm going to title this episode is dad happy <laughs> 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 yeah so so that that happened and just because they heard about it from different places and all that it just became nice overall mm. Mm. so so film actually finally like consolidated or rather slowed me down in terms of what i wanted to do mm. obviously in film there is so much right so it sort of became that film would be a my main line of work mm. but surprisingly photography overtook it without me realizing it so all this while i was doing film like i studied film i started working with ngo started doing corporate films all of that and i phased out my events photography was just something that i did like on the side and because i had done this underwater thing there in thailand i said okay i need to think about a camera and all of that so i bought my first camera in 2013 and it's so funny so i bought my camera and that's the year the mumbai indians call happened ah and it was it wasn't something that i had planned at all you know that i would be doing photo- like mumbai is needed videos as well so for me that was the first thing that i am i'm qualified enough to do shoot right. videos and all that and photography because i like it i'll be able to do it right i hadn't thought sport photography action photography there's nothing huh. and i went there and i figured it out on the go but but there's a there's a funny thing so when you buy a camera the company gives you like a warranty of sorts right Huh. one of the criteria of that warranty is like so one year you have a warranty in that the calculation so the number of clicks your uh, camera can do hmm. they give you a maximum number of clicks up to which the warranty is valid oh like that okay. canon has 120000 clicks okay okay that's a lot like people use yeah, that over yeah. few years or whatever yeah but because i started sports that year i bought the camera one month later i was in mumbai indians in my first year at the end of my first year when i went to give my camera for service he said you used up your whole 120000 clicks in What? my first year <laughs> in that year i shot every day i shot sports because of ipl then champions league happened that year that time it was a cricket tournament that used to happen between the winners of all the t20 mm. leagues and when i was in bangalore with a new camera and i liked shooting whatever i shot every day i shot dance i shot uh, pets i shot so many things but in that first year i had finished the total number of clicks that the warranty was like <laughs> the god they used to give the warranty so i really shot a lot but that camera still works 
in fact one of the uh, girls who works with me she's using that camera yeah so then then it just um, this underwater photography got me a lot of uh, tension for sure hmm and the only thing i used to do with it was plan dive trips go diving shoot and post it on my instagram that's all but through this whole diving circle i met a lot of people working with conservation and all of that mm. and because i i was making videos and films and all that i and i used to shoot underwater i started like volunteering on these projects so i worked i traveled for a lot of interesting projects where we mm. were working on reef conservation this mm. that so now basically diving became sort of like the epicenter yeah whatever i did was to save money to do more with diving right that's sort of been the gist of my life from right. 2013 onwards and incidentally sports became the main line of photography work that i did photography and film work and it paid me it paid me enough to do spend it all on diving and that's that's sort of been what my life has been after that since then and parents are happy because uh, they have seen my face in the papers so many times so that's important so dad is happy very good i i i want to ask you again through this journey of beginning with dance and then coming to dancing around your passions which is photography and diving and you know that that dance still continues what would your advice be to the young adults today who are looking at career options they're looking at their passions that this interests me but then daddy is not happy because that what interests you doesn't interest him necessarily um and they're trying to figure how do i get to where i want to be what would you advise them you know like it's it's a very tricky question to answer okay because i have i have i never had a five year plan or a 10 year plan or i never had a plan that said this is what i'm i want mm. to be doing later it was always about what i'm doing now and just do it fully wholeheartedly that's all it was if you if you actually see from what all i've told you when it was theater it mm. was theater when it was events it was events when i found working in delhi for 2 years that time it was mm. only that that mm. was my world so and it's um, i think the fact that the old school thing was that you should become an engineer yeah. you should work for these many years get work x then do mba and all of that that sort of while it gave you a direction it also put pressure on you hmm hmm you know because hmm. you had to do it for me because i didn't do any of that there was no pressure on me so i would do something now and then if it didn't work i would do something else i always had this thing at the back of my head that agar ye nahi chala to main kuch aur kar hi lunga but i'll give this my 100% and i did and it worked it's not like um uh, i know that okay now because i'm doing this next year i will do that no i don't know mm. what that is i will do this and i'll do it well bas that was the only philosophy that i maximize followed. what you have now or rather deep dive into what you have now focus on that that is the thing indulge mm. indulge fully and the thing is that i see there were obviously like um years when money was not like regular and yeah. like with events yeah. you know how money gets stuck this that there were lots of these times when i was like questioning what i'm doing but i just like stuck to it man like i had my sister supported me a lot in terms of like she like you know when i had any difficulty she would say yeah just do what you're doing it will mm. work and all that so there was a lot of support like that which i had which is an advantage which many people might not have but there were years i've gone through with my bank balance being at zero for a year like it's always been in negative where i have debts and 
money that is going to come in is already spent mm. there's no like sorry uh, it's message what now i want done this project that project money then that has been like for a year and many times in my life where whatever money i know i'm going to earn from a project which i've just started now yeah. is already gone yeah. it's spent before yeah. it has come but it didn't scare me man like i think that is one of the things that uh, money will never drive me i have uh, seen people like think about money and all of that so it was never my i mean i'm i'm doing quite well like that mm. now but i do i have i mean you, you, i know this question started off with giving advice the only advice i have is about indulging in whatever you're doing giving it 100% if you mm. can that is the only advice but the other thing is that i have never been able to relate to anybody doing anything because it made good money sense mm. Mm. for me that already defeated the whole purpose of enjoying something that you do if you enjoy making money and that's your thing and you want to make a business which is also one thing then that's mm. for you for me it was not about making a mm. business for me it was about experiences about learning about doing these creative things all that all that and it worked it started paying me it's been a roller coaster ride like that but i did a lot of one of the things that is a joke generally mm. is that people call me barter bagadi barter bagadi because i do a lot of things okay. <laughs> yeah i do a lot of things on barter and i i truly believe like wholeheartedly that the world should move to a barter system move back to a barter system because there is no way that you can put up price or like a value in in like few pieces of currency with anything like say somebody is cooked an amazing meal for you hmm. and you paid for it in a restaurant cannot be valued with that but if it was a barter system you would give them back something which you are good at or which you can make so the valuation of it is not about this item being worth 2000 rupees the valuation being what you can make that is so good is is paid for by something that i am good at hmm. and that whole barter system is nice i mean obviously there's lots of flip side to it and it'll never happen because money is so important in this planet hmm. and hmm. its control and all that but i have done a lot of stuff on barter like with my film and photography i have traveled i've gone on dive trips where i've shot for them and they've taken care of my travel stay food right no money exchange at all but they got good photos at the end of it i got the experience of being on the trip that is just one but i've done lots of things like that hmm. and that's nice it's so nice to have like dance i have friends who are dancers and all of that i've shot photos for them they've kept me closer to dance i i did light lighting design also somewhere parallelly hmm. Hmm. for lots of dance shows hmm. travel with a dance company to wales did six shows over there with them as a lighting designer wow so all of that is because of this barter system it works very well <laughs> which is nice i think the world should move to a barter system i love the idea of it because that's where we started off back in the early days of i guess civilization and then the standardization yeah. of exchange of values brought about the idea of currency and then that has brought about everything else today Uh, but i agree with you that money is a means to an end and i also agree i, I also i am cognizant of the fact that there is a certain amount of privilege that comes with saying hey it is it's just a means to an end because for a lot of people they might not have the backup they might not have you know so there are various needs okay. and, uh, and and necessities that people have to have to cross as hurdles but your life or so far your journey so far has not been about a profession it has been about things yeah. that you are passionate about up to the point that you are passionate about them yeah so could this change tomorrow could a few years down the line 
we could have you going back to dance or anything else it could i've never been able to answer a question about where i'm going to be next year because it's organic i just let it i've i've really like it's not a thing to say that is cool that oh i'm just going to take it one day at a time i really that's the only way i know i don't know how to do it any other way mm. and that's how i've lived and yes of course at every stage i have done something for a quite quite a significant time yep like I, if you actually look at the number of years i did events i did events for 10 years i did theater for like from 2002 to 2006 till i went to delhi so four five years i did theater mm. photography i've been doing like underwater photography since 2000 like 12 when i came back from thailand so there is there is a lot of years put into each of these things but what i'll be doing next year i don't know right now i know that i'm shooting a kannada feature film mm. i have just started making tv commercials and all of that mm. so that is the next thing i know i'm interested in doing if work comes along that line i'll do that mm. but if something else comes along which i'm interested in then i'll give whatever else of those years to that beautiful so i don't know no idea where i'll be next year <laughs> i know where i'll be tomorrow because i know what i'm doing tomorrow that's it <laughs> so advice to <laughs> advice finally advice to dads who are currently wondering if they are happy or not happy with their kids choices <laughs> kids who are in school at the moment and dads are telling them to do certain you know do it this way do it that way what would you advise those dads um i think that um see one of the things that all parents should do is like don't treat kids as kids you know like in the sense of like if say somebody is in a high school and making a decision it's okay to make a wrong decision and learn from it be there as a family to support that child through it okay whatever it may be hmm. but also make that child remember that realize that you are taking this decision it's you will face it like say today you want to quit studying and you want to like say become a, like you want to be a part of a band do it give advice at the level that this will only work if this this happens and all that but it's your choice but don't blame them if it goes wrong support them if if it goes wrong and say okay fine now you've done that you want to try something let's move on to that that is the thing that was lacking for me and that is something that i i'm never going to have kids but if i ever have a child that's how i would support that child wow. that tu galti kar wo teri galti hai main nahi dunga uska responsibility main tere sath khada rahega i'll support you so that is that is the best thing that any parent can do wow Thank you Bhushan this has been um, quite enlightening because I I have spent you know a, a lot of time with you on our dive trips in the past and I'm looking forward to our dive trip coming up now and there's always been so much to learn from you but this journey this part the 95% under the surface it's mm. it's great to have a look at it and and you know learn from so so thank you and and really who knows what the future brings but for now I think It's a beautiful today, and uh, we've just got to, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, maximize this. Thank you so much for being on this podcast, man. I I wish you the very best, and uh, I hope you continue to make your dad happy and proud. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, because I think that when I when I talk to someone like this who actually listens, huh. now you're listening, you heard my story out with actual interest. It also sort of like makes me feel good that it's not like. just a random path that i've been in there has been some meaning it's nice to you know like relive all of these things that i've gone through it's nice Beautiful. i'm not at such a bad place yeah, yeah, not <laughs> at all not at all and and cheers to the future man cheers to the future thank you for listening to ed talk with anuj i hope you enjoyed it 
New episodes drop every Friday, so don't forget to subscribe and follow Ed Talk with Anuj on social media to stay updated. I'll see you next week.